We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz music. And, of course, we always start off with our jazz feature. But after the jazz feature, we're going to pay a tribute to a man who has uh, shaped jazz perhaps more than any other, and someone who is um, even outside of the jazz world, when you mention his name, people know who he is. Unlike so many other jazz musicians, people say, who's that? But when you hear the name John Coltrane, you know that he was a saxophone player extraordinaire. He's a jazz innovator. And he was a great example of humanity. John Coltrane died 50 years ago today at the age of 40 from liver cancer. And although the last couple of years of his life from late 1965 until his death, His music is very controversial, and still a lot of people find it difficult to listen to. But we're going to pay a tribute to John Coltrane after the jazz feature and play some select uh, tracks. Um, Many of you have heard these pieces many times. Perhaps some of you have never heard them. So we're going to do that after the jazz feature. But meanwhile, right now, and we've got lots of other stuff to play for you this evening as well, but the, um, the Coltrane tribute will be an important part of the jazz show a little bit later. But first and foremost is our jazz feature this evening. And it's a gentleman who revolutionized the vibes. The vibes was an instrument that was played by a few musicians, most prominently Lionel Hampton and Red Norville from the early eras. And in the mid-40s, Milt Jackson took this instrument into the world of modern jazz. Milt came out of the Army and, of course, landed. uh, He was originally from Detroit, and he landed in New York City, right when all the modern jazz clubs were happening. 52nd Street was booming with jazz clubs. Uh, Charlie Parker's band was playing, Dizzy Gillespie's band, Thelonious Monk was there, Bud Powell, all these movers and shakers in jazz music. And, of course, Milt uh, was totally absorbed by this. He eventually joined um, Dizzy Gillespie's big band and was featured in that band. And Milt Jackson is really one of the uh, pioneers of modern jazz because he took the vibes from Lionel Hampton, basically, and Red Norvo before, before him, and took it into the modern era. And, of course, when Milt Jackson became part of one of the longest living jazz groups, which was the Modern Jazz Quartet, they played all over the world, and they played on every concert stage in the world. Milt Jackson, of course, was um, the leading soloist in that group, and 
his name became known throughout the world uh, because of of his exposure with the uh, modern jazz quartet. Mill Jackson also recorded lots of albums on his own and did his own music. And this is what we're going to explore this evening. This is an album that I grew up with. As a matter of fact, I remember buying it. It was just come out, and I uh, hot off the shelves. And uh, I liked the cover of the album. Of course, I liked Milt Jackson because I, at the time, I was familiar with his music. And I uh, purchased the album. It came out on Savoy Records, and it was called Opus de Jazz. And it was recorded in uh, October of 1955. And this was an album. It was a delightful jazz album because it was uncompromising jazz. It wasn't watered down. It wasn't easy listening jazz. And yet it was, if you know what I mean. But it was the real deal. It was the real thing. It wasn't jazz made easy for people that didn't like jazz. This was the real stuff. And uh, that's what I, of course, this is what was so wonderful about the album. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of people out there, especially being a kind of a, a when, I, when I was still in my teens, I felt, you know, I really had to crusade a little bit for this music because I would mention jazz music to, well, my relatives my and some of my friends, and they would say, jazz, oh, that's just a bunch of noise, you know, it, it's it's... Oh, it it's all, always fast and it's loud and the, I don't understand it at all. I, I you know I can't get with, I can't get with it at all. There's no melody. There's nothing like that. Uh, there's no beat. You know. And I'm thinking these people are crazy. <laughs> I've got to convert them. And this was a, an album. Of course, um, this was one of the albums that I would take. Uh, I, I had a very good friend uh, who liked jazz, but his whole family, he, he came from a large family, and the rest of his family hated jazz. And I brought this album over um, to his house, and he, of course, he enjoyed it. But the other members of his family said, that's not bad. Is that jazz? And I said, yeah, it certainly is. It was this record that we're going to hear, this, this album. Uh, and I said, yeah, wow, that's pretty good. That's that's good listening, and uh, it was pretty amazing. And this this album kind of converted a lot of people, um, whether they became dedicated jazz fans or not. Uh, well, that's open to discussion, but at least it opened the door. And the people involved on this recording session. Um, there's only four tunes on here, so it gives all the musicians a chance to uh, stretch out and play. Milt Jackson on Vibes, um, who by this time had really established his sound and not only his style, but his sound on the Vibes. And uh, he used the, um, the Vibes, of course, is uh, a, a, a keyboard that you hit with mallets. It's like a xylophone, except the bars of the vibes are metal. And there's um, a pedal that you can use. There's a, a vibrating thing, and you can get a, a kind of a vibrato uh, on the vibes. And Milt Jackson um, really honed his style around that, and that was part of um, his, his beautiful shimmering sound. 
and of course his wonderful concept. Milt Jackson, of course, was had a touch of genius, and uh, this is very evident on this recording. So we have Milt Jackson on Vibes, and we have the great, and he was employed by the Count Basie Orchestra at the time, Frank Wess. Now, Frank Wess was a wonderful tenor saxophonist from Kansas City, Missouri, but he was also one of the first great jazz flute players, and he plays the flute on three of the four tunes on this album, and you'll hear his wonderful style on that instrument. The rhythm section, backing up uh, Frank West and Milt Jackson, the great Detroit pianist, the father of modern Detroit um, pianists, Hank Jones, the eldest member of the famous Jones family. You know, Hank was the first, then there was Thad, who was a trumpet player, arranger, composer, and of course, Elvin Jones, who we'll hear later on on our show. Of course, he worked with John Coltrane for so many years. Same family. Hank Jones was the eldest son and a most elegant piano player, as you'll discover if you've never heard him, on this album. There's another Jones on here, a man no related, not related to Hank Jones, same name, though, Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was the anchor, the bass player in the Count Basie Orchestra at the time. Very, very fine, strong, and solid bass player, as you'll hear on this album. Eddie Jones on bass and on drums, one of the pioneers of modern jazz drumming, an incredible musician, very subtle in many ways, and yet always there, extremely musical. I'm talking about Kenny Clark on drums. So once again, Milt Jackson on vibes, Frank West on flute, on three of the tunes, and on tenor saxophone on one tune, Hank Jones on piano, Eddie Jones on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. The first tune of the set is a Horace Silver composition, and uh, it was a brand new tune uh, back in 1955, and Milt Jackson does it up, and the band Opus de Jazz, Opus de Funk is the name of the tune. The album is called Opus de Jazz. The second tune was written um, that features Frank West's tenor saxophone is a slow blues um, put together by the guys in the band. It's called Opus Pocus. Tune number three is a gorgeous ballad. As a matter of fact, John Coltrane recorded this tune. And uh, this version, I think, is more than equal of Coltrane's version of this tune. It's a beautiful old ballad called You Leave Me Breathless and features... uh, some shimmering vibes and beautiful flute work on here. And the final tune is a, a clever little thing uh, written by the um, producer of this date, Ozzy Kadena, who um, produced recordings for the Savoy label. And he wrote this little tune. It's called Opus and Interlude. And that's the final tune of the set. So this is our jazz feature this evening. Sit back. And enjoy Opus de Jazz. And we open with Opus de Funk. Milt Jackson and Company. Mm-hmm. 
our jazz feature this evening. An album, a delightful album by the great vibist Milt Jackson. And this album was called Opus Du Jazz, Opus Du Jazz, which was originally issued on Savoy Records and recorded for that label October 28th, 1955. And, of course, Mr. Jackson on the vibes, along with Frank West on mostly flute uh, and on one tune on tenor saxophone, Hank Jones on piano, elegant, elegant piano. Eddie Jones, who, no relation, on bass. Eddie Jones was the uh, bassist at the time with the Count Basie Orchestra. Very fine, strong, and uh, perfect bass player for this set. And, of course, on drums, one of the pioneers of modern jazz drumming, Kenny Clark. And we heard four tunes. That's all she wrote on this uh, uh, particular recording session. The opening track was the longest, and that was written by Horace Silver, and it was entitled Opus de Funk. And uh, we heard uh, a whole bunch of choruses uh, on on that tune, which went on for about uh, almost 14 minutes. And then the second tune featured uh, Mr. Wess on tenor saxophone, the only tune that he does play the tenor, and uh, Slow Blues put together by the guys in the band called Opus Pocus. And then the ballad of the set, very beautiful, um, with the vibes kind of shimmering, and the flute so beautiful on this uh, tune called You Leave Me Breathless, old standard, uh, written by Arthur Freed. And the final tune was uh, a neat little piece of music written by the producer of the date, Ozzy Kadena, pretty musical guy, and he wrote this tune for the band and called it Opus and Interlude. And that was the set. So I hope you enjoyed this album. Uh, As I mentioned before in the uh, opening statement, this was an album that I used to uh, take to uh, people's homes uh, that I knew when I, because I bought this album when I was uh, way back when, when I was a teenager. And uh, uh, I would take this album to different people's homes, that, uh, especially uh, places where people had made uh, disparaging remarks about jazz music. Some of my relatives, some of my friends as well. And uh, I used this album in the hopes that I would convert them to liking jazz. And uh, on several people, it actually worked. So <laughs> there you go. Um, the music, of course, is pure jazz. It's not watered down. It's uncompromising jazz, but it's easy on the ear. And I think that was the, that was the key because a lot of people find jazz confusing because it sometimes it's too fast or too frantic, too many notes, uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't think you anybody would have a problem with this album. And it truly is one of Milt Jackson's classics. Milt, of course, uh, went on to great fame with the Modern Jazz Quartet, which was uh, one of the longest um, living jazz groups uh, in the music, and Milt was the primary voice in that, uh, in that group. And, of course, he did a lot of recording under his own name, 
And this was uh, just one of the many that he did. But it's considered one of his finest albums, too. His style was set by, the, by this time. And, of course, uh, that sound that he got on the vibes, unmistakably, Milt Jackson. Anyway, certainly hope you enjoyed this uh, album. Our jazz feature this evening, the music of Milt Jackson. My name's Gavin Walker. And this is The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we'll be back uh, in just a moment with a tribute to a great gentleman that I think everybody knows, John William Coltrane. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Master evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take-home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. John William Coltrane passed away on this day in 1967. That's 50 years ago. Mr. Coltrane was only 40 years old when he died of liver cancer. And I don't think arguably one of the most influential to this day musicians in jazz music. And even people that are not interested in jazz or know nothing about it, when they hear the name John Coltrane, they know that he played the saxophone, and that he was a major figure in the development of contemporary jazz. John Coltrane, of course, um, influenced scads of saxophone players. Um, We could (laughs) list all kinds of them out there, but his legacy, of course, is carried on by just about anybody who does pick up a saxophone. And through people uh, who have followed John Coltrane, teachers like uh, Dave Liebman, um, and 
Chris Potter, uh, very influential younger saxophone players, Michael Brecker, of course, the late, great Michael Brecker. Um, he, he came from John Coltrane, developed his style, and, of course, it's filtered down into uh, with, with younger players um, that have uh, absorbed uh, the Coltrane influence, whether they even recognize it as uh, a Coltrane influence or not, um, it's there because uh, it's just been 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 handed down. And of course, Coltrane's records are still selling like um, a lot. Uh, his famous Love Supreme album, of course, is considered one of the finest examples of his playing, and. Uh, that's an album uh, that ranks along with Miles Davis's Kind of Blue, which incidentally John Coltrane is a participant on that album too. Um, Coltrane's uh, Love Supreme uh, sells um, year after year after year, thousands of copies, and uh, people take that album home and and, uh, just um, learn from it and become inspired from the music that uh, Mr. Coltrane played. He was um, a musician who who was so dedicated. He was a very serious man uh, in many respects, and yet he was uh, uh, quietly humorous. Um, I had a couple of, really over the years, I had a couple of conversations with John Coltrane, and um, I was impressed with his, not only his, his dignity, but he did have a, a very quiet sense of humor with a touch of irony, um, but he was basically, um, he, 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 he was a, an inspiring person to be around and especially to listen to because there was just nobody in this world that played the saxophone like John Coltrane. So what we're going to do here to commemorate his, um, his passing it is a, a sad anniversary, but an anniversary all the same. And uh, 50 years ago, we lost John Coltrane. Jazz has never really been the same since. Um, my friend Don Thompson in Toronto, who is one of the movers and shakers in jazz music here in Canada, said that uh, basically that um, jazz was altered. Something happened to the music after Coltrane died. And uh, wasn't always good either. Um, Don, of course, elaborated on it, and I, I don't, uh, I don't want to mouth his words, but um, it just showed that uh, um, uh, Coltrane's influence and his power, the music, and it was so sad that we lost this great man at age forty. So we're going to listen to his music. One thing about John Coltrane is that every stage, every stage of his development has been recorded and recorded well. You can go back and hear some very early Coltrane. It's out there uh, when he was playing with Dizzy Gillespie in the early 50s uh, before the world knew who he was. Um, When he was playing with Johnny Hodges' band, um, he before he joined Miles Davis. Then when he joined Miles Davis, that's when the world began 
to know who John Coltrane was, his first tenure with Miles Davis. Then he went with Thelonious Monk and then went back to Miles Davis, of course, as a fully, much more fully uh, mature and influential musician, stayed with Miles and then finally went out on his own and, of course, continued right up until his death. Here is an album that is considered... um, a very definite milestone in John Coltrane's career. We're going to hear two tracks from the famous Atlantic album, Giant Steps. We're going to hear the the tune, Giant Steps, first. This was something uh, um, that John had been working on for over a year, this particular pattern and uh, uh, the way to play on this uh, um very complicated set of uh, harmonic changes, and it wasn't easy. These days, of course, there's all kinds of young musicians who have uh, studied this. They can play this tune backwards, but you have to remember, this was a first, and this marked uh, um, kind of a conclusion of uh, a style that John Coltrane had developed for several years, And this was sort of the ultimate uh, last step before he moved on to uh, a very different direction, which we'll hear. But Giant Steps was a milestone album. And so we're going to hear that composition with uh, Tommy Flanagan on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and, of course, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone. Then we're going to hear his gorgeous ballad, dedicated to his first wife, Naima, and we're going to hear the first version of that with a slightly different personnel um, with Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and uh, Jimmy Cobb on drums for Naima. So we begin with Giant Steps, and I still listen to this piece of music with absolute awe and amazement. You will too. Thank you. 
We heard two tunes from this uh, classic album, Giant Steps, which was issued on Atlantic Records. And we heard the, uh, the title track, that amazing piece of music, Giant Steps, with uh, Tommy Flanagan at piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And uh, then from a slightly uh, earlier recording session, the prize, um, John Coltrane's ballad to his uh, first wife, Anita, who changed her name to Naima, and uh, that was the title tune, and that was Mr. Coltrane with um, Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums, and of course that incredibly beautiful ballad by John Coltrane, not only showing his ability uh, on the tenor saxophone, but his composing ability as well. We're going to uh, move to a live recording, recorded at the Village Vanguard. Now, eventually all of this stuff um, came out um, in a, a box set, and it was the complete Village Vanguard, because um, the Impulse Records, who Coltrane was uh, moved to after his Atlantic period, um, they recorded at the Vanguard over several nights. And, of course, uh, everything uh, became available uh, eventually. But there were two albums uh, issued with uh, tracks from the Village Vanguard. Coltrane had listened to all of the, uh, initially he had listened to all of the tapes at home and picked out um, what he wanted uh, for release on the original LPs that everybody, everybody listened to. And so these are actually Coltrane's own picks of his music recorded at the Village Vanguard. The first piece of music we're going to hear is, uh, is called Spiritual, and it's his composition, of course. And Coltrane, by this time, uh, this was recorded in 1961, uh, Coltrane had added soprano saxophone to his uh, uh, saxophone arsenal, and he was um, playing it on the first tune. So Coltrane on soprano, and we hear um, his partner on the front line in this band was uh, the great late Eric Dolphy, and we hear Eric on bass clarinet uh, on this tune, McCoy Tyner at the piano, and on bass, uh, Reggie Workman, Reginald Workman on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. Coltrane had two bass players, and they kind of divided uh, between. We're going to follow that with uh, one of John Coltrane's most incredible solos. Uh, It goes on for about 15 minutes, and it's absolutely phenomenal. And we're going to hear Coltrane's impressions, um, which feature him on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at at the piano, and Jimmy Garrison takes over the bass chores. And Garrison, of course... Uh, was just beginning to play with Coltrane at this time, and he remained with uh, Mr. Coltrane right up to the very end, Jimmy Garrison on bass. And, of course, um, Elvin Jones just 
slashing everybody along on drums. So two lengthy tunes recorded at the Village Vanguard in November of 1961. So we begin with spiritual, and we go from there to impressions. And these are two of the most influential performances by John Coltrane.
We heard two pieces of music by John Coltrane. We are doing a tribute to John Coltrane for the next uh, while on The Jazz Show because it is the 50th anniversary of his untimely passing. July 17th, 1967 was a fateful day in, in jazz music. John Coltrane left us and he was only 40 years old. These two pieces that we heard were recorded at uh, New York's Village Vanguard, and um, over a couple of evenings in November of 1961, and the two tunes that were picked, there's some others on this album, were all picked by John Coltrane himself. Uh, He had listen to all the tapes because they recorded about four nights or three nights at the uh, at the Village Vanguard and he listened to uh, all the tapes and picked um, five selections to be issued and uh, we heard two of them and of course some monumental performances by Mr. Coltrane and company. The uh, first tune featured uh, Coltrane both on tenor saxophone and then later on in the piece on soprano saxophone, and he was also accompanied by Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Reggie Workman on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums, and that piece of music, the first piece of music we heard was Spiritual, written by John Coltrane. The second piece of music was actually based on uh, Miles Davis's composition, So What?, Um, but Coltrane changed the melody. Uh, The form is the same as So What, but of course the tempo is uh, absolutely phenomenal. The drive of the band, um, which included, of course, uh, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, and Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums, just uh, pushing... Uh, Coltrane to uh, some tremendous heights on his composition called Impressions. And uh, those two monumental performances at the uh, Village Vanguard, November of 1961. You are listening to The Jazz Show, and as I mentioned before, we are doing a tribute to John William Coltrane. We have one more incredible piece of music to play for you. But uh, first, we'll tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back with uh, more John Coltrane in just a few moments. Become a CITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at The Book Warehouse, Stormcrow Ale House, The Australian Boot Company, Fresh's Best Salsa and Company, Banyan Books and Sound, Tapestry Music Limited, Rufus Guitar Shop, Dentry's Irish Grill, The UBC Bookstore, On the French Hair Design, and The Bike Kitchen. What would we do without our friends? Friday, the 28th of July, 
Come out to enjoy an evening in Damascus. A city as old as time is visiting you here in Vancouver, bringing authentic Syrian food, belly dancing, and storytelling, all in support of queer Syrian refugees in their journey to Canada. Hosted by Syrian activist and author Danny Ramadan at the Roundhouse on Friday the 20th of July. Doors open at 7 and find tickets on Facebook and Eventbrite for an evening in Damascus. the uh, weather to look at. It's pretty nice these days. And tonight is clear with a low of 14. Then tomorrow will be mainly sunny with a low of 14 and highs between 24 and 27. Then Wednesday is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 15 and a high of 23. And then Thursday, a bit of a change. It's going to be cloudy on Thursday with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 15 and a high of 21. And then back to a mix of sun and cloud for Friday with a low of 14 and a high of 22. And then Saturday and Sunday, the weekend, looks great. Sunny with lows between 13 and 14 and highs between 25 and 26. So there you go. Um, we're into summer. And, of course, uh, down here in the lower mainland, is uh, we're actually getting a little bit of... Um, evidence of uh, some haze in the sky this evening, and you know what that's from. And uh, we hope that uh, it kind of gets blown away. That would be very nice. But uh, they're suffering, of course, through the rest of the province with these incredible uh, and horrible uh, forest fires, and we hope that uh, that will end as well with a change in the weather. We'll see. Back to John Coltrane. And this performance took place in 1965 with his quartet, which was by this time called his classic quartet. This performance um, was done after um, Coltrane had recorded Love Supreme. And it was recorded in the middle of 1965 in, uh, in June of uh, 1965, and we're going to hear John Coltrane on tenor saxophone with McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And this is an incredible performance by the quartet, and it points at a new direction that Coltrane was about to take in this piece, and that's why it was called Transition, because 1965 was a transition year for Coltrane and his music, and he was moving in some very different directions, and, and you get more of a hint of 
the direction that his music is going to go on this incredible piece of music recorded with his classic quartet. So here then is Transition, John Coltrane. Thank you. 
Our tribute to John Coltrane on the anniversary of his untimely passing, we heard, first of all, this uh, tremendous piece of music called Transition, and that reflected his music in 1965, where it was coming from and where it was going. And, of course, that was played by the classic quartet with Mr. Coltrane on tenor saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And, of course, McCoy Tyner is the only surviving member of that quartet. And I just couldn't leave it um, after transition. It's such a, a, a monumental piece of music and kind of demonstrates um, that's the way Coltrane uh, sometimes could, uh, or many, many times would play with that kind of intensity in a club. And it was captured in the uh, optimum conditions of, uh, of a recording studio. And uh, that's very unusual to get that kind of, that same energy. And, of course, that's why that piece of music is, is such a, a monumental uh, statement by John Coltrane. We followed with a very beautiful and serene composition called Dear Lord. And that was, of course, another composition by John Coltrane. So those two pieces um, will sum up our, our tribute to the 50th anniversary of John Coltrane's passing, July 17th, 1967. And, of course, he was only 40 years old. He passed away from cancer of the liver. And uh, we lost this great gentleman in jazz music, changed after Coltrane's uh, demise. Something changed in the music and something changed in the world after he left us. John Coltrane. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course, this is The Jazz Show. And uh, I'd just like to mention a couple of websites that are always um, open for your perusal. And one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. These are the people that bring you the big jazz festival. And, of course, they're working on next year's jazz festival as well. And they have up-and-coming events happening throughout the year. And uh, there are some tremendous things and it's always good to get onto their website, which is coastaljazz.ca. And uh, all the uh, schedule of Frankie's Jazz Club, which is, of course, Vancouver's uh, one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs. That's located down on BD Street, and uh, it's become quite a success. And, of course, you can find out who's playing when and where, and make your selection, um, book your seats, make reservations, all that kind of stuff through the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blue Society, coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, um, speaking of jazz clubs, um, 
Pat's Pub is always happening Saturday afternoons. Some of the very best in jazz music is played there. There is no cover. And, uh, of course, it's located, Pat's Pub is located in the historic Patricia Hotel uh, in the downtown east side. And uh, the pub is really fine. The food is good, and there's such a selection of uh, beverages, all that kind of stuff. And the music is gratis. It's free. And um, they have uh, jazz music every Saturday afternoon from 3 until 7. And it's always very, very well attended. Pat's Pub. So that's just another uh, venue, along with uh, Frankie's Jazz Club. Another fine website is the website of um, the Brian Nation has put together, and that's uh, a website called VancouverJazz.com. So check that out as well. CoastalJazz.ca and VancouverJazz.com. We're going to turn things over now to the Montgomery Brothers. This is from an album called Grooveyard. And it featured the Montgomery brothers, all three of them. Do you know who they are? Of course you do. Wes Montgomery on guitar, Brother Buddy on piano, and Brother Monk on bass. The three Montgomery brothers from Indianapolis, Indiana. They formed this band together. They played here in Vancouver many times. And, of course, uh, they made this wonderful album in New York City for uh, Orrin Keep News and Riverside Records, along with drummer Bobby Thomas. And all of this was recorded just after New Year's in 1961. So we're going to hear two pieces of music. The first one is a delightful composition by Buddy Montgomery entitled Back to Back. And the second piece of music is a uh, tune by a gentleman named Carl Perkins. And I'm not talking about the, the uh, singer. I'm talking about the pianist, Carl Perkins. He wrote this great tune. It's called Grooveyard, and it's the title track from this album. And uh, right after this, we're going to hear some music by Carl Perkins, and you'll hear how well he played in his time. So... The Montgomery Brothers here, Back to Back, and Grooveyard from their Riverside album called Grooveyard.
Music by the Montgomery Brothers. Well, we've heard of the Adderleys, the Adderley Brothers, Cannonball and Nat, and of course, uh, yeah, and the Jones Brothers from Detroit, uh, Hank, Thad, and of course, Alvin. These are the Montgomery Brothers from Indianapolis. Wes Montgomery on guitar, Buddy Montgomery on piano, and Monk Montgomery on bass. And they had uh, this little band together for a while. And as I mentioned before, they played in Vancouver a couple of times uh, at the original cellar and um, with uh, different, uh, different drummers in the band. This album was recorded in New York City, and it uh, was called Groove Yard because of the tune that we just heard. And the drummer here was uh, a young man named Bobby Thomas. And uh, this was recorded in New York just a few days after New Year's in 1961. We heard uh, the first tune was a Buddy Montgomery composition, just a, a really neat tune called Back to Back. And the second tune was written by a pianist by the name of Carl Perkins. And he wrote that tune. It's called Groove Yard. And that became the title track of this album. So we're going to turn our attention now to Carl Perkins. Carl was uh, also from Indianapolis. And unfortunately, he succumbed. He, was, uh, he had become, early in life, he became a drug user. And sadly, in 1958, uh, died from a heroin overdose. And we lost this incredible piano player. Lots of people were interested in Carl Perkins. He moved from Indianapolis to Los Angeles and became a big part of the uh, L.A. Uh, scene. And he worked with uh, Max Roach and Clifford Brown and... Uh, Miles Davis was very interested in hiring Carl Perkins as well because they had jammed together when Miles um, came out to the uh, West Coast with his own group, and he got together with Carl Perkins. Unfortunately, his um, heavy drug use kind of, I think, prevented um, band leaders from, from taking him on, and sad to say, uh, Carl passed away in 1958. He only made one album under his own name uh, for a small Los Angeles label called Dutone Records, and it was uh, run by an African-American gentleman named Dootsy Williams. Um, he recorded uh, comedians like Red Fox and so on and so forth, but he also dug jazz and put out a few really significant jazz uh, albums, and uh, this was one of them called Introducing Carl Perkins. And it features Carl with his uh, very close friend, also from Indianapolis, bassist Leroy Vinegar, and on drums, the great Lawrence Marable. And we're going to hear a few tunes here uh, by Carl Perkins from this album. The first, uh, these are all... Um, well, some of them are his compositions. The first one is, is his tune called Way Across Town. And uh, then we're going to hear one which is a standard tune called Lady is a Tramp. And uh, then we're going to hear a tune um, dedicated to uh, the drummer, Lawrence Marable. It's called Marblehead. 
<laughs> Lawrence Marable, uh, yeah, yeah, well, he was called Marbles. That was his nickname. So uh, that's, that's the reason for that. Okay, and uh, we may even hear one more after that. But uh, if you've never heard Carl Perkins before, wonderful, wonderful, self-taught piano player. He didn't read music at all, but he played in the most uh, musical and sophisticated manner. So here we go. Carl Perkins, Leroy Vinegar, and Lawrence Marable, way across town.
Yeah, we heard three tunes from the wonderful and sadly ill-fated pianist Carl Perkins. He's a fine composer and wonderful pianist, and, you know, it's amazing that he played this way. <laughs> he, he didn't know anything about chords. Um, he played by ear. He didn't read music. And uh, he was just one of those naturally talented musicians and unfortunately um, fell into uh, uh, a drug habit and, uh, and sadly died from uh, an overdose in 1958. So this was his only album called Introducing Carl Perkins. It was done in uh, 1956 in Los Angeles for a small label called Dutone Records. Uh, was an African-American recording company. And uh, Carl here with his buddy from Indianapolis, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Lawrence Marable on drums. And we heard uh, three tunes. We heard uh, the first one was called Way Across Town, and then we heard, of course, the uh, Rogers and Hart classic, The Lady is a Tramp, and we return to a blues by Carl Perkins, dedicated to uh, his buddy, the drummer, Lawrence Marable, and it was called Marblehead, because that, uh, <laughs> that was Lawrence's nickname, Marbles, uh, after his uh, last name, Marable, Marbles. Yeah, you get it? Anyway, those three tunes. Um, we'll hear some more Carl Perkins uh, some other time on the show. He's such a wonderful piano player and um, extremely intuitive musician. And he had a delightful uh, style on, on piano, all his own. We're going to hear one of the great vocalists in jazz. This time, Anita O'Day with Cal Jader's band. Cal Jader, of course, the vibist, with Lonnie Hewitt on piano, and my old friend, the late, wonderful bassist, Freddie Schreiber, Johnny Ray on drums, and Wilfredo Vincenti on conga drums. And we're going to hear three tunes um, from this album called Time for Two. It was recorded in February of 1962 in Los Angeles. And, of course, Anita O'Day, one of the all-time greatest jazz vocalists, wonderful singer. We're going to hear three tunes. We're going to hear It's Your Red Wagon is the first tune. That's a tune, I believe, it was written by Nellie Lutcher. And then we're going to hear the classic Peel Me a Grape. You know, Diana Krall did this tune, but uh, Anita O'Day really gets where this tune is at. <laughs> and um, the final tune in the set is uh, another classic called An Occasional Man. So there you go. Anita O'Day with Cal Jader's band. If you want to go crazy and act the clown, be the laughing stock all over town. That's your red wagon. That's your red wagon. So just to keep dragging the young red wagon along. If you stick your nose someplace it don't belong, don't you come to me if a things go wrong on your red wagon. Your red wagon. So just keep dragging your red wagon along. And when you're making your bed, 
where the horses and blow your dough Don't you run to me if they don't show You're a red wagon, you're a record wagon Just keep dragging your red wagon along Tired of you, baby. Why call me? Cause I'm tired of too. That's your red wagon. You're the record wagon. Just keep a dragging your red wagon along. So if you stop for somebody who pinned your ears, don't be bringing me your tears, daddy. That's your red wagon. That's your record wagon. So just keep a dragging your red wagon along. Now you finally learned that you get burned when you play with fire. Don't come around and do me. You can't use me for your satire. And if you don't have love songs to fit my key, oh baby, don't sit and sing your blues to me. For oh, that's your red wagon, your red wagon. Don't keep a dragon on your red wagon along. Just keep dragging your red wagon along. Get it going now. Get it going now. Get it going now. Get it going some ice, skin me a peach, save the fuzz for my pillow, start me a smoke, talk to me nice, you've got to warn me, undying me, don't try to fool me, bejewel me, either amuse me or lose me, I'm getting hungry, peel me a grape. Pop me a cork, French me a fry, crack me a nut, bring a bowl full of bonbons, chill me some wine, keep standing by, just to entertain me, champagne me, show me you love me, kid glove me, best way to cheer me, cashmere me, I'm getting hungry, feel me a Here's how to be an agreeable chap Love me, can leave me in luxury's lap Hop when I holler, skip when I snap When I say do it, jump to it Send out for scotch, boil me a crab Cut me a rose, make my tea with the petals Just hang around up the tab, never would think me, just make me all of that rub me, don't bug me, new thunder burn me, you hurt me, I'm 
love Love me and leave me in luxury's lap Hop when I holler, skip when I snap When I say do it, jump to it Sand off the scotch, boil me a crab Cut me a rose, make the tea with the petals Just hang around, pick up a tab Never hard think me, just make me Bowl of air of me, don't bug me New thunder bird me, you heard me I'm getting hungry Feel me a grave What of the seedless sky I've got an island in the Pacific and everything about it is terrific I've got the sun to tan me, palms to fan me And an occasional man I've got an island, it's very lazy If I should ever leave it, I'd be crazy I've got papayas, beaches, sandy beaches And an occasional man And in the cool of evening, it's a treasure. And when the hour grows later, what is greater than an occasional The great Anita O'Day with uh, Cal Jader's band, including Cal on vibes, Lonnie Hewitt on piano, Freddie Schreiber on bass, Johnny Ray on drums, and Wilfredo Vincetti on conga drums. We heard three tunes. Um, first one was That's Your Red Wagon. Second tune was Peel Me a Grape. And the third tune was An Occasional Man. 
Anita O'Day. That's from an album called Time for Two, and it was recorded in February yeah, 1962 in Los Angeles when they got together. We're going to play some music now by a resident band led by bassist Jody Prosnick. This uh, album came out a few years ago, but it's uh, really a wonderful uh, disc. And we're going to hear two tunes from this. Which, uh, Jody's band included Miss um, Brosnick, of course, on bass, and uh, Jody's husband, Tilden Webb, on piano, Steve Caldestat on tenor saxophone, and Jesse Cahill on drums. We're going to hear two tunes. The first tune is written... Uh, it's uh, Jody Prosnick's composition dedicated to their cat. And he, he's a big, monstrous cat. I believe he's about 27 pounds. <laughs> uh, the cat is called the Duke of York, and that's, uh, that's the title of the tune. And the um, second tune that we're going to hear is a Lucky Thompson composition which um, Steve Caldestat does a beautiful job on on tenor saxophone, and the tune is called Dancing Sunbeam. So here then is the Jody Prosnick Quartet from her album that came out on uh, Corey Weed's uh, Cellar Live label. It's called Foundations.
Well, we've uh, run, <laughs> run into a bit of a snag on this uh, tune, which we shall slip into a different uh, CD player and play for you. So, hopefully, these things happen sometimes, and uh, we shall play the tune again, Dancing Sunbeam, Jody Prosnick and her band. Thank you. 
Well, we just had to hear that uh, whole piece. <laughs> yeah, on the other CD player, it just suddenly stopped in the middle of the bass solo. These things happen. You don't know why. But anyway, uh, we had to deliver the, uh, the full version of the tune. So we heard that uh, delightful saxophone solo and introduction over again. But uh, we heard the complete version. Very important. Uh, two tunes from this wonderful album that came out a few years ago on Cellar Live by Jody Prosnick and her group. And that featured, of course, um, the full quartet played the first tune uh, written by Judy, uh, Jody Prosnick, dedicated to their cat. And it was called The Duke of York. Jody Prosnick on bass and Jody's husband, Tilden Webb, at the piano. Jesse Cahill on drums, and Steve Caldestat on tenor saxophone. And the second tune, uh, where Tilden uh, didn't play, just the three of them, Jody, uh, Jesse, and Steve, they did Lucky Thompson's classic Dancing Sunbeam. And uh, some very, very tasteful brushwork there by uh, drummer Jesse Cahill on the uh, on the last tune, and we sort of heard a double version of it because of uh, <laughs> that CD accident. Uh, so there you go. The full version of Dancing Sunbeam. Foundations is the name of the album, and it's still available on Cellar Live. We're coming up to the end of uh, this edition of The Jazz Show. Before we do, I'd like to play one more piece for you. This one is by Hammond organist Big John Patton. And this one features a great band with Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Harold Vick, the late Harold Vick on tenor saxophone, Grant Green on guitar, and of course John Patton on Hammond organ, and Ben Dixon on drums. This is a composition by tenor saxophonist Harold Vick, and it kind of uh, sums up what we're going to do uh, in a very few minutes. The tune is called Night Flight. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's from a Blue Note album by Big John Patton, great legendary Hammond organist. It's from an album called Oh Baby, and that tune was entitled Night Flight, written by tenor saxophonist Harold Vick, who was on the front line with uh, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Grant Green on guitar, John Patton, of course, on the Hammond organ, and Ben Dixon on drums night flight. Well, that's it for another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and I hope you enjoyed your the music this evening. If you stopped by um, early and heard the whole show, great. And if you uh, came by a little later on, um, hopefully you enjoyed that too. We'll be back next week, next Monday evening at 9 p.m. on CITR. We'd like to thank everyone for listening this evening. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and, of course, radio station CITR FM 101.9 on your dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Take care. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the summer. And we'll see you next Monday evening right here. Same time, same station.